0: Jacob gathers his children together and gives them a blessing. And some blessings are more blessed than others. But the one that is considered the greatest blessing is also the most ambiguous. (laughs) Lo yasur shevet meehudah. The scepter, that is, the staff of the ruler, will never depart from Judah. In other words, the line of Judah will always be the rulers of Israel down, as we know, to the Messiah. But the idea of extended rule, when not appointed by God, at least has a very checkered history. The hereditary right of kings, which meant that the same line would be king, father to son, because it was almost always father to son, though not always, was very tricky in Europe. Just ask Charles I, who was beheaded in the 17th century, or the American revolutionaries, who got rid of the hereditary right of kings. Because at a certain point, people understood that if you are in rule for too long, things happen that aren't necessarily what you intend. That's just a product of time. And after all, that's why in America... We created term limits for presidents because we did not believe that somebody should be president for life. I bring all this up because right now we have serving in Israel, as you know, the longest serving prime minister in the history of Israel, although not continuously, obviously, because Prime Minister Netanyahu has just taken office again. And the truth is that there are things about this government that American Jews ought to be aware of and ought to be concerned about and ought to be active about. And if you are not, well, you're here now. And I want to make you aware of at least a few things that you should pay attention to, because what goes on in Israel should, after all, be of tremendous import to any Jew who cares about the Jewish people. It is, first of all, the first time in all the many years, more than two decades, that Prime Minister Netanyahu has been in office in which he is the most left-wing member of his own government. It's an extraordinary fact. And he has one or two ministers whose names you probably know, but should perhaps know a little bit more about them, such as Ben Gvir, who is the head of security, who until two years ago had a picture of Baruch Goldstein on his wall and did not take that picture off until he was chided by the prime minister, then Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, and he took it off but never apologized for having it on the wall or repudiated Baruch Goldstein. Now, who was Baruch Goldstein? I will tell you who Baruch Goldstein was, in case you do not know. In 1994, Baruch Goldstein walked into the Cave of the Patriarchs, where there was a service of Muslims praying and opened fire on them, killing 29, wounding 125, including children as young as 12 years old. No provocation. Nobody in that service had said or done anything to him. They were at prayer. It is no different than if somebody came into this room and opened fire. In other words, the minister for security in the Israeli government had on his wall the moral equivalent of a school shooter. Because the action itself is no different then walking into a school and opening fire. No different. It was innocent people gunned down while at prayer. Has he repudiated having that picture on his wall? Not that I've read and I've looked. He's the minister for security. Another one of the ministers, and by the way, while I'm on... Um, Ben-Gvir, he recently paid a visit to the Temple Mount, which, as you know, according to law, the part of the Temple Mount where the mosque sits is not supposed to be visited by Jews. Now, like many of you, I happen to think that that law should be changed and that some kind of arrangement should be made because there is no reason, I believe, why Jews should not be able to visit any part of the sacred precincts of Jerusalem. But he went there knowing that it would be breaking the law and our new ally, the UAE, the place that we are so proud of having established these ties with, they're the ones who opened an inquiry at the United Nations about why this happened. So the question isn't the action, the question is the purpose behind the action and the timing of the action. And then you have to ask yourself if you're in government and therefore are necessarily engaged in diplomacy and negotiation and compromise. And when you are not, by the way, willing to compromise, you get scenes like we have seen over the past couple days in the United States. If you are, what kind of actions should you be taking that the rest of the world will be watching? The rest of the world. Along with him, In the government is El Smotrich, who wrote, with God's help, we in the incoming government will accelerate Israeli settlements in all parts of the land of Israel. Which, as you know, in his lingo means everywhere in Israel. From one side to the other. From, as they say, from the other side, the river to the sea. This is a policy that no American administration, right or left, has ever endorsed. And in fact, Netanyahu himself does not endorse. But it is announced by one of his ministers. And then there is the question of the people who are in charge of the status of Jews in Israel. Avi Maoz, who's the head of Noam, is the new authority for Jewish national identity, who not only is publicly against all efforts to advance LGBTQ rights, but also is publicly against all education that is not of the stream of Judaism to which he belongs. In other words, reform and conservative. This alarms other parts of Israel so much that the government of Tel Aviv Yafo, has said they will fund their own education system. They won't listen to what he has to say. In other words, the biggest city in Israel is saying, we won't do what the federal government in Israel says because we think they're too extreme. This has never happened before in Israel. Never. This is not something that happens periodically and you get over it. This is unprecedented. Now I am aware, and you are probably aware, that what people say they will do, and even the history that they have before they come into government, is not always what they do, or the history they have when they are in government. That is certainly true. It is also true, and really important to say, that the transition from one government to another was seamless. Lieberman, for example, whose archenemy is smart, Rich, handed the keys over because the people's will had spoken. And Israel is a democracy. And everybody whom I have just told you about is a product of the democratic process. All of that is true. And we don't know what policies will be enacted. And I am not here to in advance demonize a government that is just starting. That's not my purpose. I am not going to tell you that in a year Israel's is going to be a different place and everything will be terrible and this is all awful. I have been in the pulpit too long to make predictions. They don't work out well. I'm here to tell you to pay attention. This matters. This affects not only Israel standing in the rest of the world, not only Israel's internal politics as the fight between right and left, ultra-Orthodox and secular, is heating up in ways it has never heated up before, but it affects Israel's attitude towards us. And if you don't want to take my word for it, which is fine, I will read you a section of a letter that was sent to Prime Minister Netanyahu. It is our duty to share with you our deep concern regarding voices on issues that could undermine the long-standing status quo on religious affairs that affects the diaspora. Any change in the delicate and sensitive status quo on issues such as the law of return or conversion could threaten to unravel the ties between us and keep us away from each other. Who signed that letter? The head of the Jewish Federation, the head of the World Zionist Organization, the Jewish Agency Executive, our former Orthodox Consul General, Sam Grundwerk, who is now the head, the World Chair of Karen Hayasod. They all signed that letter. In other words, things are going on in the Jewish world that are serious, that are alarming, and that require our attention. And do not dismiss them just because one or another politician tells you everything will be fine and this is alarmism. Instead, pay attention. Read an Israeli newspaper, whichever newspaper you choose. Make your own decisions, but don't assume, don't assume that everything is always fine Because so far everything is fine. One of the remarkable things about walking towards a cliff is you are fine until you drop. Or, in an image that is often used by humorists and occasionally by scientists. It's like the man jumping out of the window as he passes the 50th floor. He says, everything's okay so far. This is a big deal. And this is worrisome. And this will not be an easy passage, no matter which way it goes. Part of the seduction of the scepter Part of being in office for a very long time is that you assume you can control everything because you've been in office for so long, but it doesn't always work that way. And we don't yet know what this will mean for Israel. We don't know what it will mean for diaspora Jews, including the vast majority of diaspora Jews, the vast majority who are not somewhere from middle to right wing orthodox. Why do I say all this? It's not because it's a pleasant message. But because I learned a long time ago that all deep love involves not only approval, but criticism and worry and fear. You don't just say to your children, everything you're doing is perfect. Why? Because you want them to be as good as they can be. There is a great deal to criticize about the Jewish community in the diaspora. But there is also what to criticize about what goes on in Israel. Don't let the fact that people who hate Israel criticize it. Take away our right, those who love Israel, to make loving criticisms too. 300 rabbis signed a letter that said they would not invite a single member of this current government to speak in their synagogues. I think that's a terrible letter. I would invite anyone in the duly elected government of the state of Israel to come and speak at Sinai. That's how you learn what they believe and how you get to ask them. But that doesn't mean you have to agree. It doesn't mean you have to approve. And it doesn't mean you have to stay silent. So learn, educate yourself. Let us watch together what happens. One way or another, I know, as you know, that Israel will pull through. But pulling through is not the same as flourishing, and we want an Israel that flourishes, an Israel that is close to the diaspora, an Israel God knows that helps the diaspora because we need their help as they need ours. An Israel that looks not to divide the Jewish people, but to embrace the Jewish people. An Israel that I believe Most Israelis deeply cherish and hope for an Israel that I think everyone here cherishes and hopes for. We will watch and pray and speak and hope to see the Israel that we love continue to be, the Israel that we feel proud of at every moment, the Israel that reaches its arms out to us, the Jewish people that stands as one, Shabbat Shalom.